We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Support for this podcast comes from Wild Turkey Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Let's tune in to their one-on-one with Jamal, a real bartender from Old Fourth Ward in Atlanta. I really get into the backstory of whatever I'm pouring. Out of respect. There are literally years of experience behind these bottles. Wild Turkey, same recipe since 1942. If you want a true classic, this is what you want to order. Wild Turkey. Wild Turkey Distilling Company, Lawrenceburg, Kentucky. Copyright 2020, Campari, American, New York, New York. Never compromise, drink responsibly. Like, why am I nervous? Because literally I'm sitting there like, I don't care about either of these teams. Why am I like at the edge of my seat nervous? I'm like holding my head in my hands. Mm-hmm. This is the Fantasy Soccer Podcast, brought to you by Rotowire.com, your premier source for fantasy sports. For news, rankings, projections, DFS lineup optimizers, and more, head over to Rotowire.com slash soccer. And now, here are your hosts, Mike Gottlieb and Andrew Laird. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. I am your host, Mike Golly. Along with me is Andrew Laird, and we are going to react to game week 30 of the Premier League. Uh, in case you blinked, you probably missed it uh, because there's only five games and they were on at weird times due to daylight savings. And uh, Andrew, did the one hour difference make a make a big adjustment in your life? <laughs> we talked about this off the pod that I have small kids, and so you usually when you don't have kids and you put your clocks forward, you're like, Oh, I missed that hour of sleep because if you have to wake up at seven, now your body feels like it's six. But when you have small kids, like the, how you feel when you wake up is completely mental. Um, you could sleep for like three hours or 12 hours. And if it shows five o'clock, you're going to feel awful. But if it shows eight o'clock, you feel great. And so 
uh, my kids woke up at like 7.15 instead of 6.15, so I felt like I had an extra hour of sleep. So I love it. I actually hate the fall because then my kids wake up at 5.10 instead of 6.10. Yeah, I like this one better because uh, in a, it not yet, but in like a week, it's going to mean more sunlight. It so. still feels like more sunlight because like I don't even really care about morning sunlight. Like sunlight before 8 o'clock is like whatever to me. It's right now it's 6.45 p.m. on the East Coast where we are, and it's still like very light out. That's what I really enjoy. Yeah, and I think I tried to explain this to you off the podcast, but the difference you get now versus what you lose in the morning for right now, it doesn't balance out. Right. Which is why there's less sunlight now, but there will be more. Yeah, I'm perfectly fine with not as much sunlight in the morning as I'm barely scraping my eyes open because my kids wake up early. Yeah, uh, as someone who wakes up early for a variety of reasons, I actually do like there to be sunlight. <laughs> Fair point. So, um, that's just me, but hey, we're not a weather podcast. Let's let's go to the Barclays Premier League. Uh, let's start with last the... season. You're going to be able to say that. It's true. Next season, it's the English Premier League again. I think they just call it the Premier League. They should call it the English Premier League again, just for <laughs> old time's sake. Even though there's a team from Wales. That's right. Uh, it either or they should keep it as the BPL and just call it the British Premier League. Mm, I'm sure they'd love that. Yeah, because you know Scotland would love to not be in the Premier <laughs> League. <laughs> uh, anyway, we digress again. Uh, let's start with the first game, which actually had the most impact in terms of the entire race uh, because it, it eliminated a team. Uh, Norwich managed a point against Manchester City at home, mm-hmm. nil nil. Lots to react to here, including Sergio Aguero not doing too much, Wilfred Boney doing even less, and the whole team just thought, hey, we could just show up and we'll win this one. Yeah, the three, for season-long players, the three options you really had for captains this week, or this past week, were Aguero against Norwich, Vardy against Newcastle, or Kane against Aston Villa. Uh, you could probably make the argument for Mares, but I don't think anybody's really making that argument. And Aguero was by far the worst one. And Man City followed up a scoreless draw to Norwich by a scoreless draw against Dynamo Kiev today. They didn't really need more than that, but it's troubling to see them go back-to-back matches now without scoring, um, especially when they have... Aguero, Silva, and Yaya Torre available and playing. I have a very interesting stat for you. Better be interesting. Oh, it it is interesting. I'm just trying to actually find it. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Basically, Manchester City all season have been a disappointment, particularly on the road. Yep. That's pretty fair to say. Yes. I think this stat epitomizes it. Um, how many goals do you think they have away from home all season? Um, I don't. I would think twenty something. Not even close. <laughs> Thirteen. Wow. And they have thirty-nine at home. That's really bad. Uh, it, it's it, this is this is all taken from Fantasy Football Scout. So. Um, I'm looking at the table here. The teams with 13 or less, Southampton, 
West Brom. This is 13 less on the road. West Brom, uh, Norwich, Newcastle, Aston Villa. Good company. 13. I mean, the 39 at home is by far, I think it's a 10, yeah, it's a 10 goal gap between them and Everton for most home goals. But still, that's, wow. That's really bad. 13. And and 14 matches. That that is obviously, that's the problem in terms of Manchester City season. In what what is going to be a Premier League title, one with the fewest points, uh, I think, ever. Uh, I think I don't know if it's clinched yet, but it's almost assured that the winner of this season will have the fewest points by a champion okay. in the Premier League era. And I really hope I still hope it's Leicester because um, it's a great story. But it, it's I don't know if it's good defense or if it's bad offense or a little bit of both or just the players aren't very good or. Or just English teams or Premier League teams are playing in a way where you know no matter they don't care about scoring themselves, they'll just make sure that no one else does. And whether that's a good thing or not for the sport, uh, it, there's a lot of layered questions here with a lot of nuance attached to them. And it's something that you know, even though it's only, you know, I'm not sure if it's just a manifestation of this season or if it's a sign of things to come. Uh, that's something we'll probably talk about more in the off season, but at least, you know, Manchester city, you have to think that all these teams, when they see that, uh, you know, that team sheet coming to town, they have, they, they probably don't have much intention of scoring. I think the loss of Kevin De Bruyne is, was much bigger than we anticipated that I think he, there's probably a pretty clear, drop in scoring from city after he went down but you have to think that a team like manchester city who has spent billion more than a billion uh, on players that their offense can't hinge on just one player and i I agree player that's new to the team i agree but um i mean it's not like they haven't scored i mean like we said they have 39 goals at home so it's not like they're completely inept of scoring everywhere but i think he's a humongous reason. I think they, they figured out how to play around him. And when you miss, when you lose that piece, you know, we, Yaya Torre doesn't play all the time. David Silva. I don't know what happened to him this year. Well, he um, did get injured, but it was, yeah, but still he's been I mean, back. Yeah. He's been back for a while. And with teams basically at that point, able to focus primarily on Sergio Aguero, you know, you'd think he'd be able to break through, but um, I don't know. They look, they look lost uh, on the Aguero front. Is this, is this a, a knock on his mantle? You know, that he's, he may not be this world-class goal scorer because, you know, you don't see these types of things right. from a Luis Suarez from, uh, you know, from, you know, from an Ibrahimovic, from a Ronaldo, from a Messi. Uh, has he, has he done enough in his home exploits and when he's been healthy to put himself on that top level or is he, you know, on a notch below? Uh, I think the, the players on those other teams are better. Like, I don't think his team is as good as those other ones. That being said, uh, because he, maybe it's because he's not on their level. So I think you, you could put him, you know, on the, the top of the next tier behind. That, yeah. That leads to my follow-up question. Is he the best scorer in the Premier League? 
uh, he. I think he. Is there anyone markedly better than him? I th- no. So that so here's my so so what so by the transitive property, <laughs> the scorers in the Premier League are just not top notch. I, I think Suarez was as good when he was at Liverpool. So I'm not sure. I think it's just that they just aren't here. Not that, you know, they leave. So are you saying that if Barcelona was in the Premier League, they wouldn't be doing the same thing as they are in La Liga? No, because, again, you're you're talking about arguably the best player in the world and then two more who are in the top 10, whereas Man City has Aguero, who's probably somewhere in the top 15, and I'm not sure where the next player comes. Yeah. And, and they, yeah, so let me let me bring this back to to the Premier League, uh, because this is just something I've noticed over the past month or so. And this is I'm not saying these two players are similar in any way. This should be good. You know, you know, it's coming. Uh, I, I, you know, when you see the likes of Cameron Jerome, who can't score from six yards away with no goalie in front of him. It's it's one of those it's one of those symptoms you just keep seeing and it is you know Diego Costa has been scoring a lot of goals but now who knows how long he's going to be out for because the FA is charging him with misconduct and you know the likes of Sergio Aguero are not hitting uh, you know Jamie Vardy and Harry Kane you know they they may score once but they're not scoring in I mean they're scoring like one at a time, but mostly against like, you know, lesser opponents. And you just, you're just not seeing prolific goal scoring in the premier league right now where 20 goals is impressive and 20 goals is nothing in a lot of other leagues. Yeah. I think I saw the other day that in France, Italy and Spain, it's 27 is the league leader. And I think it's 25 in Germany. And yeah, who leads now? Is it Vardy with co-leader with Kane? Nineteen. Yeah, nineteen. Uh, yeah, they just. Um, I don't. I haven't seen like a any sort of goal distribution of you know how many players are able to. You know how many players are making up the goals, but I would say that I Aguero had what five goals earlier this season. Um. Yeah, in one game, sort right. of Wijnaldum. Yeah, but I think if. I think every week Aguero would have the best odds of doing that again. And I'm not sure I would ever put anybody ahead of him. That's how I kind of look at what kind of scorer he is and why I think he's the best in the Premier League. Yeah, and conversely, you know, when we're looking at, you know, defenders and goalkeepers, you know, last seat, you know, last I, I made this huge thing about how goal scoring is going up and there's really no anticipation of it going down. And of course, I jinxed the whole yeah. enterprise. Yeah, whole thing. Um, so last season, there were a total of nine goalkeepers with 10 or more clean sheets through the first 30 game weeks. There are seven already. Yeah. And uh, Mignolet has nine. Adrian has eight. Mm hmm. So uh, you can easily see that Forster has what six in 10 matches or whatever. Yeah. Somebody, he has six and something like that. Yeah. It's something like 10 matches played, but, uh, looking at now 10, yeah, six and 10. And the leader who is actually, do you actually, I don't know if you looked at it already. Do you know who leads? It was, I thought it was check. It is not. Oh, it's not any longer. Okay. Joe Hart. Oh 
God. He is so sneaky good at getting clean sheets. Yeah, he is. Because he won, I think he won the Golden Gloves three three out of the past five years, something yeah, like that. something like that. So, and and he's projected to not even be the England number one because of Forrester, but he's uh, everyone thinks he's gone from Manchester City too. But do you think that it's because the defenses are good or because the strikers are are, are bad? Yeah, that's 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 a good question. I don't I don't necessarily think that they're any worse here than they are elsewhere. Like I think you'll you'd see plenty of Cameron Jerome instances in Spain if you were looking at the 18th place club in La Liga. Um, you know that that's why clubs are that low. So I don't necessarily think it's like an English Premier League or whatever we're gonna call it. Um, I don't think it's a problem specifically for the Premier League. I think you just get that anywhere. It's that the top tier isn't as good as the top tier elsewhere, which is shocking since all the money is here or here, you know, in the Premier League. And not in Connecticut. <laughs> There's a lot of money in Connecticut. There is, yeah. <laughs> um, here's, I, 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 honestly, I asked a question I don't even have an answer to, which is, you know, it's, it's, I think it's just something that we are going to have to look at. You know, especially because, you know, in season long leagues, you may have an eye towards next season already if you're in like a keeper league like we are with EFSA. Um, you know, I may have to reevaluate my position on defenders being valuable. I don't think I will. But um, this season, I don't know if it's an anomaly because of how wacky the, the table is in general. Or is this just a one off or is this a sign of things to come because of all the TV money? that came in with the new contract, all of those lower level teams like the Stokes of the world were able to buy a lot of talent. Yeah. Uh, so you, you really had an evening out of talent distribution. Yeah. I think what's weird though, is that uh, I don't think we're going to get to the point where we were with, uh, de- with defenders, like don't pay for defenders because the guys um, at the top of the goal at the goal list or pretty much guys we would have paid for at the beginning of the season other than Vardy and Mares, which is kind of shocking. Like, we, plenty of people were willing to pay for Troy Deeney. We just got the wrong Watford guy. But, like, people knew that was coming. So th- the idea that you can just kind of, like, pass on forwards, I think, will be is a mistake. Yeah, I, I think... You still one need thing- somebody to score the goals, and you're not going to get 15 from a midfielder. Not yeah, I, th- I think I think the key going forward, depending on your scoring too, uh, how many peripheral stats you get, but it's those, it's those like forward midfield hybrid guys like a De Bruyne who if he's forward eligible because right. he has some places, uh, Max Gradle of rec- of of recent time, you know, those are the guys who are the most valuable. Uh, Riyad Mahrez, if he had forward eligibility, which we, he doesn't have anywhere, but someone like that, like if Alexi Sanchez did what he was supposed to do this season. Yeah. Um, yeah, th- those are the most valuable players. Yeah. Yep. And I think gonna, I think you're going to have to pay a higher premium than normal. I was just about to say, I think next season for EFSA, although I guess we don't redraft, but in any auction leagues next year, I think you would have you'd have no reason not to spend the three most expensive players should be Mares, De Bruyne, and Dimitri Payet. Yeah. I think it'll if Hazard is still in the Premier League, how much he goes for will be a very interesting number. Yeah, zero if I'm yeah. bidding. <laughs> hey, no one bid on David De Gea this year, and what do you know? Yeah, he hasn't been great anyway. So, no. 
spoiler alert there. All right, let's continue on with the games that actually did happen, and uh, we, we've had enough shenanigans for the moment. Uh, good Lord, I think I've lost all of my scores. Uh, well, we were <laughs> we we touched on Norwich Man City. Yeah, so we have Southampton I, Stoke two one. Southampton you. wins at Stoke. Southampton knocks another. I have no idea what to do with this club. I mean, Southampton. Here's the thing. Um, the, the Stoke lineup, first of all, got shook, shaken up because Jordan Shakiri. Yes. We barely knew ye, and he's been very important to their offensive success. Yes. Being involved, you know, in terms of at least crossing the ball and creating chances. Yes. 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 Um, so you you know you lose one of your focal points, and then as you pointed out, you know if, if it's Marko Arnautovic and Mamajouf. That's not a great partnership up front. Yep. Uh, and it showed. And then when Boyan came in, it was better. Mm-hmm. It wasn't great. Arnautovic scored. Well, you know, like I, you know, I, I understand, but it, it, like I said, it's the, it wasn't. It still wasn't a good partnership. I, you know, when you, uh, you know, watching the game, you know, Southampton were clearly the better team. Yes. On the day, and this was you know Southampton winless in the last three. Stoke, I think. Uh, taking two of three in terms of wins going into it, or, or I uh, sorry, def- uh, uh, like, uh, without a loss in the last four going into it, something like that. But it's it's confusing because, and also the goalkeepers too. Butlin's been up and down, yep. and Forrester's been up and down, and the Graziano Pele goals, both of them, were kind of I don't want to say fluky, but it was just it was odd. Like you, you just. They didn't look. They didn't look like really pretty repeatable goals. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's a weird. Yeah, (laughs) he repeated in. uh, But he did repeat it in the same game. It's it it was it was so strange those momentary lapses of defense. Mm -hmm. Which is what happens when you have one guy who's been out for two months with a back injury, another who's playing out of position and hurt, and. I guess, you know, a front line that doesn't know how to play together. That's the result you get. Yeah. And Butland uh, on the second goal, you got to be kidding me. (laughs) Yeah. It was a great spot for him to show that he's on Forster's level for England and total fail. I, you know, forwards dive better than that. (laughs) So that's, that's, that's the way that I'll put that. It, It was really pathetic. Um, you know, but it just goes to show again, I have no idea if it's just the defenses are good or the forwards are that bad. Or in this case, the the defense was bad and the forwards were good. You just I just don't know in the Premier League right now. I think it's something that we do need to, te- you know, keep a keen eye on going forward. I think these two teams are the ones that we learned that we went in thinking like, oh, hopefully we can learn something about these teams. And we came out with the same questions that we went in with. Yeah. Uh, in fact, I think the questions got more nuanced. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they're just they're more complicated now. Yeah. Uh, something a team that's actually not complicated anymore. Bournemouth are staying up, and I'm very happy about it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That three-two victory against Swansea, they look great. Yep. Uh, they you they know, look they, like a team that deserves to stay. And it's amazing that they can get better next year without buying a single player. Because you, because Wilson and Mings will come back off yeah. injury. Where did Mings fit in for them, though? That's a good question. Yeah, take uh, yeah. Smith's spot. Yeah, Smith, potentially Smith's spot. 
I mean, Charlie Daniels, actually, Charlie Daniels took Simon Francis's spot and Simon Francis took someone else's spot. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot. Well, Francis moved because of injury and he just happened yeah. to be, he's clearly better at it. <laughs> Remember, he came into the season as the fullback to have from Burnmouth. Yes. And this is a team that didn't even use Christian Atsu. No. So it, it, it's 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 just fascinating the way that they play that they play like a top level team. Yeah, they bought and they bought a lot of players this yeah. this year, and they have a stadium that seats eleven thousand. <laughs> it's amazing. Yeah, it's a lot like, of that's fun. That's how much TV money they, they that and they've invested it. Just you know, I think they've done some proper accounting, and they're going to get even more money next year. Yeah, I'm surprised at how little Iturbe has done. Maybe. If I if, I've, if I've said it once, I said it a thousand times. The Premier League takes a long sure. time to adjust to. Sure, it just does. It's a harder league than the other leagues, which is why I was so down on De Bruyne. Yeah, because he's been here, failed, and then he has to come back after playing in a league that defense is really the second option. Can you yeah. admit that you were wrong about it? I was. I was totally wrong. Okay. I think I think him, if he stayed healthy, was the only other player who had a chance for double double. Yeah. Oh man, if Max Gradle stayed healthy, <laughs> he didn't really he didn't really take that long to get hurt though. But on the Swansea side, of course, Gilfie Sigurdsson scored, yes. and of course, Leroy Fair had an assist. Yes. So nice, predictable points. You you weren't all over uh, Modu Barrow. No. No. He wasn't on your squad. Safe to say he was not. No, I I sold Aguero for him. Like right, yeah. I don't even know if he starts again. Like, and Pelosi is such a waste. Like these guys, ugh. I don't know whether to be upset because they, because so many of these guys are just awful, and I don't consider them at all. Or if I should be thanking them for only being like, do I play secrets in this week? No. Okay, moving on. Do I play fair? No. Okay, moving on. Or yes. Like, I don't have to talk, think about anybody else on that team. Fabianski's not going to shut anybody out, so I take the, all of the midfielders out because none of them cross. It's really Sigurdsson and Fair, and if Fair's price well, goes yeah, up, yeah, he's yeah. out too. I was about to say, yeah, I was about to say Fair is definitely a midfielder, a defensive one, which yeah. is strange that he got him and and John Joe Shelby are the two hold uh, like central central midfield players that score a decent amount of points. Yeah. Yep. And Cazola when he's healthy. Yeah, I was going to put Ramsey in there too, but he doesn't. Yeah, he doesn't play there. Yeah. Um, it, it, I'm just I'm just very happy that Burmuth playing the style they play and the budget they play with a uh, play under. I'm just happy that that works because it should be a signal to the other teams. Don't do, uh, don't do the boring defensive thing. Mm-hmm. Just play play entertaining football. Players will want to go there. You know, players like Gradle will want to go there because you play a certain style and they can express themselves. Um. I don't want to. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want to throw cold water on you there. Have you seen the, their remaining schedule? Well, I don't care. Uh, I think they have enough points. Today. I, they do, but just in terms of well, maybe not fantasy value because some of these teams aren't so bad. But they play at Spurs, home against Man City, at Villa. They're up thirteen points. Oh, no, I know. Up, I don't up. mean that they're going down. I just mean the the road is a little tougher. Home against Liverpool, home against Chelsea, back to back at Everton, which is really should that that one could be six five. Uh, my point, my, my point is that 
the fact that they can stay up and be right now they're in the lower mid table, but you know they, they I think they are doing the best of the three promoted teams right now. They are yes, and by one point over Watford, but it's, they're trending better than Watford though. Yeah, it's Watford who haven't who haven't scored in five of seven games. Yeah, right. So it's you know and, and, and you know if you're an offensive player you know like like guys like Nordine Amrabat who went to Watford mm-hmm. they're not doing anything. Mario Suarez. Because, yeah, Mario Suarez, same thing. They're not doing anything because they don't play that style. Yep. Their style is to get it to Dini and Igalo and see what they can do. Yep. Uh, you know, if those players were at Burnmouth, I think it'd be a different story. Mm-hmm. Potentially. Yeah. yeah. Potentially. Uh, it's. It, I I very strongly think it would be a different scenario. Mm. But we should move on. We have two more games to talk about. Uh, Aston Villa. I don't know if they've mathematically clinched. Uh, Relegation, relegation yet but it's close though yeah it, it's close it's not, they're barely over a half a point a game yep 16 points in 30 games 30. played is, is dreadful yeah it's embarrassing uh, and you know, it's embarrassing as a fellow american with the american ownership at villa it it it, it lends credence to these american businessmen just not knowing what they're getting into uh, because I, I mean, I, I mean, Crocky makes money. He doesn't. Uh, the big criticism of him at Arsenal is that the bottom line is more important than any kind of championship, even contention for any kind of championship, other than the FA Cup, uh, which they're out of now. Which yeah, recently, that that's another can of worms. But you know that that's the criticism of him. The Glazers, since their takeover of Manchester United, has not exactly been smooth. Mm-hmm. And and the the learners here at Villa, they're putting on a performance of the ages for all the wrong reasons. In in fairness, he's a terrible owner here as well. It's not like he was successful here and bought a English team and ran it to the ground. Like he has a history of running things into the ground. <laughs> So I don't want to generalize on American owners based off of Randy Lerner. I, I it's it's one of those things where, you know, as someone who wants the game to translate to the to the U.S., you know, this fear of American ownership and American involvement, it's it, it might grow because of you know the Glazers and yeah. and the learners of the world. It's just given what we've seen, I would. If I was, if I rooted for a club that needed a new owner, you'd clearly want some sort of Qatari oil man. Then you would. You you want a Middle Eastern or Eastern yeah, European? You want a sheik instead of you a. Want, you you want learner. someone from an oligarchy, not from a democracy. Exactly, exactly. It's because they, think, uh, you know, uh, politics aside, it's just. It's fr- it's frustr it's frustrating as, as someone who wants the game to to really elevate in, in this country. Yep, it's, it's very frustrating. I think there's a legitimate gripe there. Uh, again, these are more topics we can discuss in the off season. I'm digressing because there's only five games to talk about. <laughs> but on the, on the Tottenham side of this, you know, Tottenham Villa game, Harry Kane of course gets his, uh, and then I believe he got his again. Yep, and Deli Ali got an assist, and it, th- I think this match is exactly like the. Man City four nothing win over Villa. We knew what we knew going in, and nothing changed, even though they they won big. 
They are who they thought we were. Yes. Let them off the hook. That's right. <laughs> uh, it's it, the only it's when game oh God, like this game could have been played on paper to the same result. Totally. Totally. So, yeah, that, that I mean, that's what Villa are at this point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with with game week 31 coming up, I think you have Gilfie Sigurdsson because Swansea play them. You have Gilfie Sigurdsson, you have Leroy Fair. Yep. I mean, is there anyone else? I mean, yep. nope. it's one of those things where if we, you know, let's play it out on paper right now and we'll see how it goes. Actually, no, we should do that. No, that's a tease. We'll bring that up on Thursday. There you go. All right. Uh, we'll play that out on paper then. But we have one more game to talk about. The Cinderella story continues. Leicester won, Newcastle nil. Uh, it wasn't a late winner, but it was a one nil win nonetheless. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think I shared this quote with you, Arlo White. During the, first of all, before I get into any analysis, how Arlo White stays so <laughs> neutral, even though he is he is from Leicester, he is a Leicester City fan. Yeah, uh, one of the few people who thought they would even stay up this season, let alone do what they're doing now. Mm-hmm. I wonder if he's one of those people who are getting those 200,000 pound payouts from all the betting sites in (laughs) Europe. I saw somebody else cash theirs out the other day. How much was it for? Um, It was still not much. It was like 12 grand instead of 100 or something. Well, yeah, yeah. 12 grand, that's low. There were people getting six figures. Yeah, maybe it was. Well, because well, oh, I, 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 I think it was on a thousand dollar bet instead of a hundred dollar. Right, so right. yeah, I understand. I understand. They're getting, they're still getting between ten and fifteen percent. Yes. I'd be demanding at this point fifty. Well, you won't get. You wouldn't get it. They have every reason not to give that to you now. It's not like they they have a a humongous lead. I mean, it's five. It's two game weeks with only four with only eight of them left. It's a quarter. It's yeah. a quarter of the game weeks that they would have to lose ground. Which they Not could. only would they have to lose ground, but that Spurs will have to pick up three points in that same weekend. Yeah. It's not impossible. It's not impossible. It's been done most recently, Manchester uh, United to Manchester City. Yep. yep. So it, it can be done. Yeah. I'm not saying it won't be done. <laughs> it's, uh, in fact, Leicester are doing everything they possibly can to make it happen. Because yeah. Sat everybody against Dortmund in the Europa League because they figure we've got we've got Champions League sh- you know, uh, uh, qualified for already in the Premier League. We need to win it this year if we're going to win it because these big boys are going to be back even bigger next season. Mm-hmm. Except for Chelsea, who financially just, they can't. They can't what? They can't spend the same way Manchester City can next season if Manchester City make the Champions League. Oh, they the just Champions can't. Yeah, uh, you know, I think, I, think, I think that's a blessing in disguise for Chelsea because they'll actually look at their youth system, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry. Um, Okazaki finally got on the score sheet. What a goal! I <laughs> I texted you in capital letters with exclamation points. Uh, Vardy got the assist on it, mm-hmm. uh, slightly offside, but he was still. I, I like that tie goes to the. I do too. As a player, you should really give them the benefit of the doubt. Of course, nobody wants uh, less scoring. Yeah, and it was, and his his knee to ankle was offside. I actually think they need to expand it much more. Like I think they should do like. If any part of you is onside, you're onside? Yes. Yes. Like the hockey rule for offside. Exactly like that. As long as a piece of you is yep. onside, you are onside. That's what oh, I Oh, you will see some interesting body positions if that's the case. <laughs> I think, I mean, they're obviously never going to do that. But I, the 
I don't think it's that obvious anymore. The rule or the way that the rule is applied tends to give the benefit to the defender. If there's ever a question, they throw the flag up, and that bothers me. I feel like it should go the other way. Yeah, and it would – I mean the reaction may be – here's the thing. The reaction may be that defenders may just play back, and the games will be less scoring. Maybe. But I, Maybe. So what? I'd uh, you know, Not like they're blowing the scoring records off right now. Exactly. That's what, yeah. Anyway, uh, the player of the game, uh, it, maybe it was Riyad Mahrez because he was great. But it was Angolo Conte. It was Angolo Conte. <laughs> uh, he will be. I think he will be the first. I think he is the player that will almost assuredly be sold, because he won't cost as much as the guys like Mares and Vardy, which may scare some teams off. I think the if you, if you're like building a fantasy soccer website and you're thinking about what the scoring should be, put the stats together and put Con, make sure Conte is in like the top. 25 or 30 and you figured it out but the fact that he's like so uh just such a an extra piece that you'd never consider in certainly in fpl but like even in DraftKings, like the half i think it's half point for an interception like make that a full point and he becomes so much more valuable yeah uh arlo arlo white again during the broadcast he said you know, the, the Newcastle, the Newcastle attacking players, uh, they, they've got to be worried that when they get home, that Ingolo Conte is going to be waiting for them on their door. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> it was a great line. <laughs> yeah, it's, it was at the point where no matter, it didn't matter which offensive player, and we'll get to the Newcastle side of this because there's a lot to talk about there too. Um, it, it, it no matter fantastic. where they went, it, Conte was there. Yep. It didn't matter what side of the field it was on. Even if they were, even if Leicester were attacking, and Golo Conte stopped any kind of a counter. Somebody posted a Conte heat map, and it was basically just like a red field. Yeah. <laughs> he was everywhere. He yeah. was everywhere. It was great. He's and, so good. And he'll be he'll be in for a huge player boost on uh, FIFA ratings next season for, for sure. EA Sports FIFA. For sure. uh, but let's talk about the Newcastle side because you know this is Rafa's first lineup. Mm-hmm. Uh, they looked good early, which I which I said to you like this is the worst position to be yeah. in, attacking Leicester early. Yeah. You just don't want to be in that position. And uh, you know, I think ten minutes after I said that, Leicester scored. But um, yeah, it's Newcastle, what I thought was funny. Scored, sorry, go ahead. Well, I was reading about his first day of training, and it was like there were, I think there were ten players who were like out with injuries, and magically all of them were fit for training that like his first day. And it's like clearly some of them just had no interest in getting back and now realize that they have him there and are willing to play for him. And while they get a lot of pieces back, none of them are that great. That's a huge problem because uh, that happened to Chelsea. Uh, I, I know that story very well. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, when you look at when, you know, just look at Costa's numbers when uh, when, when Mourinho was fired, mm-hmm. you know, a light switch went on. And Hazard's hip injury, even though it's kind of flared back up when he's been booed off the pitch. Mm. It, so you're you expecting don't... big things from CM De Jong right now? <laughs> Get another De Jong in the podcast? Yeah, right. Um, I think Poppy Cisse. I think Mitrovic in Rafa's system is interesting. Um, Ozzy Perez looked looked dangerous at times. Musa Sissoko, if he had any kind of confidence, would have had at least one assist and possibly a goal. Yeah, if he wasn't running directly into Mitrovic in the box. <laughs> the only thing that would have made that funnier is that they both claimed a penalty. Yeah. 
it, you know, it's one of those things where they're obviously adjusting to a new shape and a new uh, a new system. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they if they first of all they have to figure out something to get points this weekend. Yep. They cannot lose three points to Sunderland this weekend. Yep. Uh, that yeah, that will be the game of all games. Uh, you know, it, uh, you know, Southampton and Liverpool unfortunately play at the same time. I would be stunned if that outdrew Newcastle Sunderland. No, that yeah, that'll be. You know, and, and, and that's. Yeah, and I think that's what's great about the Premier League. You know, a game where two teams in the bottom four. <laughs> this is a big game anyway. Yeah, it's a big game anyway, but this one has a lot on the line. A lot on the line, because only one of them will make it out of the Premier League this season, I think. Yeah. I, I, I don't think either one of them are going to catch Swansea, who are uh, eight, eight points, points ahead. Eight, yeah. Well, well so Palace, Palace, yeah. Um, do you think Rafa saves him? You know, it's either Rafa or Allardyce that go down. Yep. Well, and, and, I mean, uh, there's no way Rafa stays. Actually, so, yeah, yeah, it could not be. Going any, if he's That's going it. anywhere, it's to another team. Yeah, and and they and you know, to be fair, they both could go down. You uh, know, because Norwich could. I mean, Norwich can get Norwich. I mean, Norwich and Sunderland are tied on points. Yeah. So I mean, it's not on her. I mean, it, it's it's definitely more. You know, that's a closer gap than the gap between Leicester and uh, and Spurs that you're so anxious to say it's possible. I mean, this is much more possible. So it, it's one of those things where, you know, it's it, it's definitely not neither. It's either it, it's either or both get relegated. Yep. Yep. Uh, I don't I don't know why Rafa took the job. I mean, I think if he does stave off relegation, it's a decent job for him because they have money. I guess they I have guess. money. They they have a really they have a big stadium, a big stadium, I'm which wondering... should give you a which should give you a strategic advantage. Yeah, I wonder what his bonus oh, John, is if they stay. John, by the way, John Joel looks great. He does, well, still under. Yeah. Uh, I mean, under Rafa, I think he's going to be be even better. I agree. But do you think do you think he has like some massive bonus if they stay up? No. Really? Nope. You know what his bonus is? He gets the guaranteed, the rest of that guaranteed money on that contract. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> you know, he, he has a he has an out. I think that that that's the bonus is that he has an out if they go down. They have one too. That's the other thing. Like, there's no reason to pay him if you're down. Well, yeah, but that, but that, that's what I mean. That's his bonus is that he gets the flexibility of. I guess you know, he will. He will. He is guaranteed to not coach. Yeah. In the Empower Championship next season. Yeah. That's his bonus. Okay. I think it's a good bonus too, by the way, for someone like him who was coaching Real Madrid not six, uh, not even six months ago. Yeah, but that that was a mistake from the beginning, anyway. <laughs> Be that as it may, it, it is the, it is the fact. Yeah. I, I think, man. I can't wait for Thursday's pod to talk about that game because there is so much to talk about. Okay. And I think that's where we'll end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Good job stretching those five games out, Andrew. <laughs> All right. There's we one thing talk- we can do is fill hot air. Uh, we can gas bag with the best of them. I will talk to you again on Thursday where we will preview game week 31 
And just as a PSA, there will be uh, double game weeks in uh, 34 and 37, uh, the latter of which is extraordinarily unfair to teams that actually need points. Uh, but we will end this episode of the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. Thank you for joining us, and we'll catch you again in a couple of days. Thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast. For more great content, visit rotowire.com slash soccer. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.